What's happening, weirdos? Welcome to We Made It Weird, number 24. Holy shit. 24. I'm so glad you guys are here. I'm so grateful for everybody that's made this part of their uh, weekly routine. It's a special place to us, as it is to many of you. Thank you for those messages. Uh, This is a wonderful episode. I do want to say spoiler up top. Everybody is okay. We tell a little story, uh, but I don't need anybody listening nervously. Everybody's fine. I hope you're fine, healthy, well, staying safe, staying sane. And thank you, as always, for listening to this wonderful chat. It's a little bit shorter, maybe, than the other episodes, because we had to record it uh, during Leela's nap. And you'll hear we have one of those adorable outros where Leela wakes up and she comes in for the last couple minutes. Um, I can hear them outside as I record this intro. She's really lasered in on Dada and did not want me to come back here and record this intro. So we'll do it as quickly as possible. If you like the show, it's always a free show. It means so much if you want to try one of the Pete's picks, the Pete and Val picks. Uh, that directly supports this show if you want to try some of these products that we love. Like Dame. Dame Products is a woman-founded company making toys for sex that are closing the pleasure gap. These are high-end, ultra-premium, woman and expert-designed sex toys developed and tested by real people with vulvas in Dame Labs, engineered to bring your solo or coupled play to new heights. They're making the world happier, one vagina at a time. We've talked so much about healthy sexuality, healthy embodiment, and what an important component of relationships it is. I'm so happy to have Dame be one of our Pete's picks. Our relationship should add value to our lives, especially in the bedroom. So why don't we think that way about our sex toys? Dame Products is woman-owned, and all of their vibrators are vulva-approved, and it's founded by a sex educator and an engineering whiz. Dame develops toys with the help of real humans and couples like you. Their vibrators and accessories are made with medical-grade silicone, smart design principles, and lots of love, earning glowing press from the New York Times, W Magazine, and many more. Whether you're a couple or looking for an extra boost where it matters on a, or on a journey of self-exploration, they're sure to earn a spot on your nightstand. They sent us the Arc G-Spot Vibrator, which is the perfect length and curve to help you find what 100,000 stand-up comedians in the 90s said was unfindable, and the Palm, which is a flexible vibrator that bends and customizes to fit your needs, sort of like a sexy, sexier... Gumby. And the best part, Dame offers offers hassle-free returns within 60 days, so your satisfaction, wink wink, is literally guaranteed. Uh, Show your support of the show. Show your support of healthy couple or solo play. We could all use that during this quarantine. A lot of both of those things. So go to dameproducts.com slash weird today for 15% off and show your support of the show. I always love this quote they include. It's from Nini, who's 25. She said, it was such a joy to add to my sex life. I've never wanted to masturbate so much. DameProducts.com slash weird today for 15% off and show your support of the show. We also have another uh, new Pete's pick, which is the Kitty Poo Club. I am a cat person. We don't currently have a cat, but I know what it's like to live with a cat. I love cats, uh, except for one glaring thing, which is the kitty litter box. And as soon as I heard about Kitty Poo Club, I'm like, I'm signing my mom up for this. I know she's going to love it. She has two cats, Gizmo and Baby, and she is going to be a proud member of the Kitty Poo Club. If you're a cat person like me and you love your cat, it doesn't mean you love having a kitty litter box in your home and kitty poo club 
takes care of the more unpleasant parts of cat ownership so you can get back to the good part, which is loving your furry friend. Working from home, like so many of us are, means more time for coffee and maybe a nap, and of course, the opportunity for your furry feline to walk across your keyboard in the middle of a Zoom. You love having your cat around, but you don't love being around the litter box. I hated having a litter box in my apartment, and now they say, nobody says, changing a cat's litter box is so easy and not messy at all, and I don't mind. No one says that. So it's time to say goodbye to the litter box as we know it and say hello to Kitty Poo Club. Kitty Poo Club is an all-in-one box litter box solution designed to be convenient for you. Every month, Kitty Poo Club delivers an affordable, high-quality, recyclable litter box that's pre-filled with the litter of your choice. The boxes are, of course, leak-proof. They're eco-friendly and have a fun design for every season. When the month is up, just recycle the box, and Kitty Poo Club will automatically deliver a new one to you. That means no more changing the litter, no more fishing around for Lincoln Logs, no more cleaning the box. And you can customize your order based on how many cats you have and what type of litter you prefer. Kitty Poo Club has a no-risk guarantee, and you can easily customize or cancel your order anytime, your subscription anytime. No hassles. Right now, Kitty Poo Club, I just love saying Kitty Poo Club, Kitty Poo Club is offering you 20% off to weirdos when you first uh, your first order when you set up auto ship by going to kittypooclub.com and entering promo code weird. Just go to kittypooclub.com and enter promo code weird to get 20% off when you set up auto ship. That's kittypooclub.com. And don't forget the promo code, you know, by now it's weird at checkout. All right, guys, we made it weird 24. Get yourself uh, automatically easy refilling kitty litter box from Kitty Poo Club or take yourself to some new pleasure heights with Dame. Thank you guys for your sponsorship of this episode. If you like the show, give them a try. means a lot. In the meantime, enjoy Val and I's uh, weekly chat. If you enjoyed it as much as I did or as we did, uh, you're going to shit your pants. I hope you enjoy it. Get into it. Just lifted your, what is this? Like a, is it a dumbbell? It's a kettlebell. Kettlebell. Wrong bell. It I guess the I'm bell. the dumbbell. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, all right. But um bum. <laughs> Buddhist open mic. But um bum. And then they just sit and listen as the sound vanishes. As it goes from where it came. To nothing. Came from nothing. Into nothing. What flavor is this one going to be? <laughs> uh, we're so tired. Me. We're, so, we're tired. so tired. We had a, a rough week. We were defeated this week. <laughs> and um, now that's why it's coming out on Saturday. Same day we're recording it. Mm-hmm. So we can do what morning radio does and react to the headlines. <laughs> I'm just yeah. kidding. Oh I'd gosh. rather die. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I don't. Uh, I'm just trying to like make it through daily life. I can't even look at the headlines right now. Well, that, Lee had a fever and on then Friday. Friday. And then we, of course, were worried. We took her to the doctor. Um, they were like, we don't know. It could be a UTI. I'm going to make this real quick. People don't really tune in for more COVID stuff. Mm-hmm. But we were worried. And then we got a rapid test on Saturday. So she got tested for COVID and for UTI, which she's prone to. At the doctor. On Friday. And then on Saturday, we were impatient, so we were like, let's go get a rapid test. Because we weren't going to get the results from Friday until Monday. And we thought it might be the flu Mm -hmm. or something. So we were like, oh, this test tests for both the regular flu and for COVID. She got the test. We get the result. It's negative. But there was no flu result. So we called them, and they were like, 
we wanted both tests. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, that was our mistake. Come back in. We go back on Sunday. They give her both tests. This time, it's flu negative, COVID positive. Yeah. So we're shitting in our hats. I was like, I just sat for, I think, a good hour, completely like stunned. Like the like fight, flight and freeze mode. Uh, I re- I like literally froze. Yeah. <laughs> I just couldn't. It was I really. I couldn't believe it. And then I called Lisa Gunger and sobbed on the phone. And I, I just noticed it's not, it's not a better or worse. I just go into this very naturally occurring kind of stoicism. Well, I think stoic, stoic being stoic in the way that we use it sometimes is like, oh, you're putting it on, like you're freaking yeah. out inside. But that's not actually what happened. I sort of solidify. And just like we talk about on the podcast, like heavy news, suffering and, and whatnot can bring you into the into the surrender yeah. of the moment. And that's sort of what happened, not by my effort, but I was just sort of like, it's going to be what it's going to be and we'll deal with it. Yeah. And well, it's, I had an easier time. But It's very interesting because you, I think like a funny way to put it, even though it's it's minimizing and it's not the full truth of how you are, but it's like, Crisis actually makes you calmer than usual. <laughs> right. And I think that probably harkens. <laughs> it harkens to why I'm drawn to and, and thrived in stand-up. Yeah. is because something that's very frightening would actually make me calmer. Yeah. And, and that was good. And also, we have these, like, really, it feels like biologically ingrained um, kind of roles that we play when Leela gets sick where I just like I cannot help it everything in my biology gets singularly focused on her on figuring out what's wrong with her on figuring out how to get her better on like worrying about her constantly right I like I it's it's I they say like you know the family's the final frontier for enlightenment I think like a sick child will be my final frontier. It feels so insurmountable. And you, so you've been like more, we've talked about it on the podcast. You've been even more COVID careful. Well, my mom has it. Well, yeah, that's a whole other thing. But But I mean, that was happening at the same time. Yeah. So my mom tested positive. She had it Mm -hmm. or has it. And it was a mild case, thank God. Even though she was hospitalized. It just seems so interesting to me that we're like, it's a mild case, but she had to go to the hospital. <laughs> well, she's old AF, and uh, yeah, she should have gone to the hospital. She was doing that thing where she was resisting. We even joked on the phone um, because it's, you know, she sounded okay. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I don't want to go to the doctor because if you go to the doctor, then you have it. And that yeah. and that's a very common uh, thing. Yeah. And I, instead of trying to be like, mom, no, you got, I don't, I don't think she would have listened anyway, yeah. which is kind of the feeling I have with my parents in general. Like yeah. they're not going to listen. So, uh, just kind of try to love them where they are. Yeah. Uh, as I'm saying that I can hear, feel maybe people will be like, no, you got to tell her to go. To the and maybe that would have been better, mm-hmm. but she did go. Mm-hmm. And um, and then we had this, this Leela thing after yeah. we found out that my mom was going to be okay. Yeah. Again, thank God, mild case. 
it was sort of one of those situations where my dad it says he's careful, but let's put it this he's not LA careful. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know yeah. what other places are doing, but my dad is not as uh what's not the what word? we would call careful. <laughs> right. It, but what's uh, it's not litigious. He's not as fastidious about it mm. as we are. Yeah. Um so that was always freaking me out and I I, I tried to explain to him but again, it's hard when you're talking to your dad. I know people can relate to this, that it's your father, and now you're trying to sort of father him yeah. and and plant in his head like, Dad, you don't want to get mom sick. I know you're sort of like... Who cares? Going out and, and trying to be bigger than it. Yeah. But like, the fact is you'll bring it to mom. And that and I think we, don't, we can't know, but for the most part, my mom is indoors. Mm-hmm. She gets it. Uh, but she's okay. So that really is the best case scenario. Yeah. Um, other than not getting it. Yeah. So it's co- I got COVID on my mind. Yeah. But you've <laughs> been just in general more more careful during this whole time. Or I've been as careful as you, but we talked about how you're a little bit more concerned about it than I am. And then as soon as Leela uh, tests positive for it, it's like we, the our parent, our parental roles are more established where... I'm the one that kind of worries and loses it, and you stay very calm. And that's always how, like when she had her UTIs and stuff. So, but again, I I don't know why I want to make this point again. It's not by effort. It's it's by it's what happens naturally. Yeah, I think if I was like thinking about John Wayne or trying to do an impression of of a man, Mm -hmm. that would be a put on. But this is just like I happen to be very fatalist. You know, mm-hmm. and I can go like, it's either going to happen or it's not. Mm-hmm. But in this moment, she's okay. Yeah. And I'm holding her and we're going to take care of her and we're going to be all right. Yeah. And like, so it really, this does sound like spiritual bragging. And it didn't, it didn't feel like that at the time. It just was like an exercise in surrender. Yeah. Like I hope to, this is to project, but like, I hope my own death would be mm-hmm. as I go like, this is happening. Yeah. This is happening. This is happening. That's that's the whole practice. So here, I had the benefit of going like, you know, the symptoms of COVID in children is is much less than, say, an elderly woman mm-hmm. or, or meaning my mom. So I comforted myself with some facts. But for the most part, it was just kind of going like, and here we are, and here we are, and here we are, and just take it a moment, moment by moment. Yeah, and I was really actively trying to do all of those things, and and was able to sometimes. Of course, um, but <laughs> this was, isn't you weren't <laughs> running around screaming while I was yeah floating no. over a cushion. No, we both. Just, I think we both did well. Yeah, but it was such well. the the reason why I think we're pretty chill today. We didn't open with singing or something. <laughs> yeah. Is because we've just been through the ringer. And before that And even in my stoicism I was still on a cellular level experiencing yeah. a lot of stress. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I know you you like there was something that happened and you were like, I wonder why I'm overreacting to this. Maybe it's because I'm waiting to hear about this job or whatever. And I'm like, or maybe it's because your child might have COVID and we might have COVID. Yeah. It just was like, I, it seems very clear to me why anybody would be worried yeah. right now. It gave me some compassion to my dad, like it bothering me. We always talk about the things that bother us or the things that are in inside of us. We wouldn't have such a reaction if they weren't also inside of us. So it's a good mm-hmm. sign that it's really mirroring something back to you. So when I'm like, look at my dad, he's just going out like, I, I can't control everything and I'll just, kind of, you know, 
be careful in the way that I understand, but you know, uh, I, I, I get a little nervous about sharing their business, but that's kind of his attitude. Yes. And when I get critical of that, I realize that that same sort of delusion or narrowing of focus or self-beneficial prioritizing these ideas and, and looking away from these ideas, mm-hmm. meaning, oh, look at all the COVID numbers and all the stuff. And, and then my dad leans towards like pre-existing conditions and all the stuff that like would make you feel better. Yeah. When I was trying to, or when I found myself being calm, I noticed that it was a part of the same piece that I don't like in my family mm. that I was benefiting from, sure. which by the way, I also benefit from in a less severe example in my standup. I go like, it'll be fine. And I really treasure that trait yeah. that I got from my father. Yeah. And then when it kind of goes a little too far by my judgment, then I get really angry, but it's really because I know that sort of really horse blinders is the best way to think of it. Yeah. I have horse blinders. Yeah. We, but we, it, uh, on certain things to my benefit and that's what I was mostly professionally. Yeah. We were talking about, I, I just uh, pitched a movie to somebody and they got attached. And then only afterwards did I consider what a feat that was. Yeah. And it really, it was months later. I was like, Holy shit. How did I do that? Blinders. Yeah. And those blinders were helping me. Mm-hmm. And those blinders were helping me when I was going, if she has it, I'm sure she'll be fine. Where mm. you could lean into other data and be like, but we don't know. It's such a mystery and all this other stuff. Yeah. But it's I mean, interesting <laughs> that, of course, and, and that's helpful in that you're very good at remembering. It is, spoiler alert, it's a UTI. She doesn't have COVID. Yeah. So you're very good at giving her her antibiotics, right? I, I mean, I will take a moment just like this feels really weird to do but i but i'm doing it for myself to love myself and for any like mothers or you know worried people out there um who might be listening that it does serve a great purpose i mean i kind of kept, was telling the story like oh my god i'm not strong enough to handle this stuff so i'm falling apart and pete has to like be the strong one and I wouldn't be able to do this without you. And, and like, I, I wouldn't want to do it without you. But I, I've, like, had to realize that it's not that simple. Both ways of reacting have their benefits. And it's really great balance. But mine isn't just, like, the pointless worrying. It's that same worrying that makes me be able to tell you, all of her medical records. Like, yeah, I don't have to... You were on the phone and you are like, her last UTI was in January. And I was like, holy <laughs> shit. And I could tell you, I realized, I could tell you the dose of antibiotics that she had to take on her when she had her first UTI, which was when she was three months old. So this is over the, two years ago. This is an interesting topic, actually, because for all of my be here nowness and all of my enjoyment of the present, I do look back on a past, meaning my career, that was greatly benefited from beneficial anxiety, the bell curve of anxiety, Mm -hmm. meaning I've complained that my brain won't stop working on uh, jokes or story ideas or whatever, but because it'll wake me up at night or all these things. But really that's what was getting all these things done. Yeah. Again, if I was really floating over a meditation cushion, I could just be, as I imagine Eckhart Tolle is just sort of shuffling around some beautiful log cabin and writing a chapter of, uh, uh, the power of now 
because it really flowed through him. I'm not there. I still have huge portions of my being that run on anxiety. It's a cheap and gritty fuel, but it's kind of hard to completely disavow it. That's why Dr. Gary Penn would say it's a bell curve. If you don't have enough anxiety, Mm -hmm. you might not remember yeah. The, like meaning anxiety is such a negative term, but it's like you said last week, it's, it's energy. Yeah. So there's this like energy to that's right. what is wrong with Leela. And when we look at it and when we allow it, we see that it's not always altogether unpleasant or painful. Yeah. It's really just a collection yeah. of dots of bright energy yeah. that we need to fix. We need to do something to alleviate. Yeah. And in my life, you know, I, I think about this all the time. You know, the the point of life isn't to just, you know, be eating raspberry ice cream and watching movies and sleeping all day or, or being comfortable all the time. Mm-hmm. I know this sounds so obvious, but like, I feel like we're all kind of the carrot on the stick for so many of us is like the idea of retirement or whatever. Yeah. I'm like... I don't even know if that works. So many people retire and then they they die because they just don't have anything going and they don't know what to do with themselves or who they are and they just sort of expire for one reason or another. So what I'm saying, I'm kind of making a case here, your anxiety was welcome and useful. And if you were being really calm, you bet your bip, I would have gotten very anxious and Mm. filled that gap Mm, without a doubt. Wow. That's not to say that I'm just like letting... Oh, let Val do no, it. I and going yeah. back to bed. But your energy comes up mm-hmm. involuntarily. Yeah. And it is what it is. And I honor it and I benefit from it. Mm-hmm. And then it's a very naturally occurring counterbalance. Yeah. It's not because I'm a man and you're a woman. Again, we've had situations where you get very uh, calm yeah. and I'll be very anxious. Yeah. And for example, you're not anxious about any of my projects. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and it, because I'm anxious enough for both of us, like yeah. you don't need to worry about me. Uh, this is sounding very heteronormative. Well, working, even, but like even I worry that, about that. Like so, that makes more sense. But like there, you know, like when you first found your bump on your hand, like you were so worried about that and obsessed yeah. with it and putting garlic on it and reacting the way that I, I do. I put garlic on it one time. Yeah, but while we were trip. on a road trip with my brother and sister-in-law. You know, you Google homeopathy for any ailment. It's almost it's, always garlic. Or apple cider vinegar. Like, don't yeah. Google it. Just put garlic or apple cider vinegar on any of your By ailments. the way, we looked up homeopathy for UTI, yeah. garlic, apple cider vinegar. Yeah. So these are incredibly strong antibacterials, I think. Yeah. Or antimicrobials. So. Yeah. My point is, and I can say, I want to say this as much as I can. If you go to the doctor and you have a wart on your foot and they're like, we can freeze it off and it's going to be painful. Just give yourself three nights of apple cider vinegar on it. Just soak it on a a 60-40 apple cider to water, (laughs) and it'll fall off. In my case, it fell off. I had like four or five on my foot. I know that's gross, but they came off. Like, that's not... That's not woo-woo. This is like burning crazy apple shit. Yeah. This is, this is plant medicine. But anyway, I, if you yeah. if you had been calm, I would have been anxious. Well, and I think maybe we just recognize on some level that the that this balance does ultimately serve the the family unit in in this case. Well, you're I, you're going into a mode where you're you're trying to solve a problem. Yeah. And if one person is on the facts, the figures and and all of the possible outcomes, 
you see it in Leela mm-hmm. when if if you have more of a hummingbird energy, mm-hmm. she'll kind of want me to hold her yeah. because I'm just like a boring old slab of quartz. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then like I so that was really hard for me because I was like, man, I can't even be there for Leela. She like did not want me while she was sick that much and I was like cuz she can like feel my vibrating energy dun, 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 but dun, then I also dun, 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 dun. <laughs> feel it feel it oh yeah it's a good drug free um, surprisingly positive message I know he's drug free so put the crack up I love it um, <laughs> do you or do you just want to wrap that one up it's the latter <laughs> yeah, yeah I felt it um I uh See, because I knew I was going to forget. I could like feel it slipping away while you were singing. You were saying Leela can feel your vibrations and <laughs> yeah, she doesn't yeah, yeah. want to hold you. So, so yeah, I was just like, man, I'm like <laughs> losing it and I'm not doing a good job at being like a pillar of strength here. And actually, Jennifer was so sweet because when I was That's really in it, my therapist, Jennifer, was like, like just said, it's it's okay to fall apart. This is why we have partners. Yeah. And it was just so nice to allow myself to feel that and also again you know you were holding Leela because she was enjoying your calm energy which I was also enjoying and needing you to be like solid and my not as calm energy was like what looked up how like where to get COVID tests and and like you know what talk to her urologist about her whole history and did all of the doctor's appointments and all and I, and I'm just saying this to like say to make the same point again and to love myself like it's not a broken system and in fact I was talking directly to my anxiety a lot and was like actually you know what this is entirely appropriate like you are al- allowed to feel afraid when your child is sick in a pandemic yeah <laughs> that is and that's absolutely an an appropriate feeling and so just like meeting it there and holding space for it and now we are sufficiently out of the woods there's been uh, we'll we won't go through all the details but there's been multiple negative covid tests since then including us and leela and her doctor, she responded to the antibiotics for the UTI. Her doctor said it's safe to assume that was a false positive. Um, so we're out of the woods. Right. But like yesterday, I got anxious about it again. Which and- was so surprising to me. I'm glad yeah. you're bringing that up. Yeah. Because that was one of those moments where I was, what was surprising was that I was like, when you were still worried, mm. it was met with this really, again, involuntary knee-jerk resistance where I didn't even realize how much uh, value I was putting in being done with it. Mm. And when you were like, well, there's still like a 1% chance because I was reading this. And like, this is my feeling about everything. Like you go on Twitter and the things that kind of get passed around are very alarming. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know how to put this delicately because I, I take covid very seriously we're in the we're, upper percentile yeah and i do want to say we are quarantining just in case yes, that positive was right absolutely <laughs> and we're being very 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 careful and we always have been since the beginnings and it's been a long haul but like i there's there's two sides of the spectrum my dad is not the far side of the spectrum but he's closer to that side let's say he's 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 more of the like 
I don't know. I don't know. I can't represent their case, but it's the people that are like, it's only getting old people. And I'm like, yeah. and I'm like what? It's just like a bad cold. <laughs> right. That sort of stuff. Yeah. And like people whose liberty is really threatened. Yeah. And that's, I really find it's an issue of liberty. I don't mean like the Declaration of Independence liberty. I just mean personal liberty. Yeah. People, um, especially people that have had experience in the past finding out that life is not trustworthy. Yeah. You can say God is not trustworthy, but I just mean reality is not trustworthy. Yeah. There's always some bullshit. It's going to kick you in the balls. So eat a lobster roll if you can and do it today because tomorrow comes bullshit. Mm -hmm. If that's your view of suffering, pain, death, and loss, that it's bullshit. Um, And I certainly, by the way, can get in touch with a huge part of me that's like, yeah, that's some fucking bullshit. (laughs) So please don't think I'm levitating on the cushion right now. Um, But if you have no mythology Mm -hmm. to even frame suffering as or death as a balancing of life right Uh it's just bullshit yeah um then covid is just another so if you had an i'm sorry if you had an experience in your past many times over that like as soon as you drop your guard to reality it's going to fuck over you or someone you love maybe you lost a parent maybe you lost who who knows who you lost yeah you learn that lesson And that's where I think that attitude comes out. So COVID comes and people say, okay, let's lay low and let reality swoop by. I kind of can find compassion for the other side of the spectrum when I see that trauma in their past. That They're like, Mm -hmm. life is bullshit. It sucks. No one's telling me what to do. I'm going to eat a lobster roll because there's another fresh batch of bullshit with my name on it. So I'm going to touch and lick and sleep on and eat and watch and consume as much as I can yeah. because this is all is basically very nihilistic. Yeah. Or nihilistic, right. depending. But the nihilists don't care how you say it. They don't care about anything. <laughs> um, we believe in nothing. <laughs> it's very nihilistic. I say nihilistic. Um, That's what I say. But I think I forget who said this to me. I think it, oh, it was Rob Bell. We were talking. He was like, "It's funny that you." One of the things we've learned from the pandemic is how many people are nihilistic, mm-hmm. how common that is. Mm-hmm. Meaning, deep down, a lot of us go, this is a raw deal, mm-hmm. so I'm going to eat as many lobster rolls or meatball sandwiches or whatever, because there's always darkness an inch away, yeah. and while I'm here, I'm at least going to feel good and, and have some fun. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even completely against that idea. There's there's some presence in that idea. Yeah. There's some immediacy in there. there. There could be some good use of that kind of limited worldview that might lead you to a beautiful day, a beautiful moment, some joy, some happiness, some laughter. I'm not begrudging anybody all, any of that. So I, I believe that there's the two sides. There's a lot of my friends on Twitter are so extreme. All of their tweets are just about the new strand and how you can catch it from a tweet and you can, <laughs> you know, get it from licking an envelope if the envelope was made in Bulgaria or whatever it is. Yeah. And that's all fine. Mm-hmm. That is valid data. I'm not poo-pooing it. Please, nobody attack me. I understand. In fact, I lean that way. Mm-hmm. Then there's the other side, the like pre-existing condition. It's just a bad cold or worse, the I don't know anyone who has it thing, yeah. which I have people in my life that have said that who then know my mom and then my mom gets in. I'm like, what now? Like, yeah. where's that argument now? But yeah. they just kind of, they They'll find another they slip right past yeah. it. It doesn't matter. It's still hooey. Yeah. Okay. So those are the two sides of the spectrum. 
I do believe that the truth will be revealed to be, as with everything, somewhere in the middle. Sure. I'm not saying that we should behave like the truth is somewhere in the middle, mm-hmm. because the left side of the spectrum, the the our friends, our our people, can save lives and protect people. Yeah. So the right side, let's say, I don't think they are. Let's say they are right. It's it's killing people. Mm-hmm. So. Who cares? And we don't know enough about it. You're, so that just, rightness, and some people would say we do know enough about it, by the way. Mm. That that worldview, I didn't mean for this to be so much about COVID, is dangerous. Yeah. Ours is dangerous to your liberty and your lobster roll consumption, for sure. Yeah. But that sacrifice. But then again, I have to bring in the compassion and go, I've had a life where I see reality so many times in my life has bent towards good. Yes. So I don't have that trauma. Again, I don't condone, I can forgive and try to have compassion, but I don't condone people that are going out that have it, that are just like, who cares? Uh, Mm. That's not okay. Mm -hmm. But the compassion comes when I go, this is a continuation of things you have not grieved, things you have not unpackaged, you never processed, you never reconciled yourself to the universe, Mm -hmm. you were never given a framework to understand or, or even begin to try to understand. I'm not saying I understand, but to begin to try to understand life, death, Black, white, up, down, left, right, the balance, the Tao, the flow of the universe, Mm -hmm. all things bad and good, being together. Uh, If you don't have that, you're going to give the COVID and a lot of things the middle finger and just say, and by the way, this is the Western mythology. I'm out for myself. I'm Superman. I'm not an X-Man. I'm a Superman. I'm going to go and take care of Clark Kent. Yeah. It's interesting because I wonder if the middle ground is almost like this isn't perfect, but because you also are, then are dealing with like the mental health of this. So like, it's such a tricky time because it's, I, I just know, it seems like everybody I know is mentally in a difficult place because we've been doing it for pretty much a year and we're entering winter or we're deep in winter at this point. And, um, and it's still like, now there's a new, just when you're like the vaccine, you're like, there's a new strain and, and we're just, it's just, we're, t- we're so tired and we still have a little while to go. Yeah. And, um, again, depending on, remember we ran into neighbors and they were like, can you believe it's going to be another year of this? That's what I'm saying. It's somewhere in between. Well, that's like, what, that's, I'm, yeah, that's what that's I was where you're getting say to is that like, it's almost like mentally, like in your actions, you want to be err on the side of caution. It's be on the left side. And in, mentally, mentally, you want to be on the right side. Good. So it is like the, you want to kind of like, you know, fucking stay at home and wear a mask and do everything to just be careful. But in your own mind, be like, you know, if it happens, we're going to deal with it. It's not that big of a I thing. I think you really just cracked my, my whole deck. <laughs> oh. 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 Added bonus. Oh. What's inside? I just mean like when Leela and my mother both had it, I found myself going to the well. That Leela didn't have it, but when we thought when we I, When we thought. <laughs> yes. I thought I said thought. I went to the well that I so despise in others, but I was going to it. To get a little sneaky drink. Yeah. Because now it was so close that I was kind of going like, look, mom's had it for seven days at that point. It gets its worst around day 10. Obviously, I'm calling her every day, checking in, making sure she's all right. But at the same time, I'm like, thank God it wasn't, as we lay people call it, a bad case, a a serious case. Yeah. I didn't want to waste time thinking about what if it had been. Mm -hmm. Lord knows I've wasted enough uh, 
anxiety and energy playing out that fantasy, just like all of us, we think about, and I, in my heart, I'm this, I hope this is as sounds as sincere as it is. My heart goes out to the people that do have to deal with that reality oh. of a bad kid that could have happened. Yeah. So that's stress. Then we thought Leela had it. She has a fever. That's stress. And, but I did, I think this is, this is that juicy compassion place where I'm always going to act like the left side of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. We're always going to be masking it. We thought Leela might have gotten it because when she goes to the grocery store with us, which is rarely, she won't wear a mask. Mm-hmm. So we thought maybe that's when she got it. And we were like, fuck that shit. <laughs> Nobody's lucky enough to get a warning shot. This is our warning shot. We're not doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. I'll go to the grocery store alone. And I wear a shield and a mask mm-hmm. when I go to the grocery store. This is just uh, the, the, the ABCs of me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't want to sound judgmental. I know not everybody does that, but ah, fuck it. <laughs> the actions but because it, of COVID, that's the ABC. <laughs> oh, actions because... Wow, Valerie, yeah, I right. watch that you become good. It was more nice. and more talented <laughs> every day. Yes. And what did you do the other day? I was freestyling, as I will sometimes. <laughs> And you saw a word that I used to set up the the rhyme in the second line. Well, yeah, it was something. I know that the words were. It was you were talking. You were like singing a song about the moon to Leela, and you started to say. Oh, you said something later, later, and then you started a new line where you're like, and you lay down and cradle in a crater. And I was like, you knew that. <laughs> Crater was going to come too soon, so you thought of cradle. Cradle in a crater, yeah. Cradle in a crater was a nice little bone. That was really, that was really cool. But you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm just enjoy I, like anybody listening to this podcast. The process of being funny, um, just like anybody, I think I would say it has to come from a spark inside yeah. of you. Yeah. But I think most of us have that spark. I, I, I almost want to say all of us have that spark. It gets squelched or it gets pooed, and then there's certainly different types of thinking and some of them just aren't very funny and I I understand that. (laughs) But a great number of people have that spark and it kind of goes away and it's been really really fun to watch you somebody that I believe to be supremely talented and so funny get the, sorry to say but the benefit of watching all of my neuroses and all all of the study that I've done on how to be funny Mm. and how to appear funny even down to something as silly as if you're improvising a song about the moon and you want to say crater, don't say crater in the first line. Mm. Set yourself up and yeah. say later. later <laughs> and think about the word later while you're kind of going like, well, we're on the moon. <laughs> Those long drown out lines are when you can go, oh, crater runs with later. Later, put you in the cradle of a crater. I it's love just that so we're fun like, to me. Like, and that's primo comedy. <laughs> you know it, what? I, I, would, I understand. <laughs> but like... It's so funny. When I tweet a pun or something, people are so quick. I have a whole theory about it that people don't like jokes that a computer would understand. Mm -hmm. They, like, offend us because you could load it into a fax machine and the fax would fax you back. Ha, ha, ha. Like, we don't like that. We want some human nuance to a joke. (laughs) But, like, creativity and comedy, and tell me if this is your experience, has so much to do with a big resounding yes. It's a good... Life philosophy. I was thinking about loving reality and really it's just saying yes to reality. That is, that's perfect that you said that because that's the thing that you are probably seeing me do. Like that is what you have taught me about being funny because I actually don't even think we met 
at my funniest time in my life. I think I was at the decline. I, yeah, I think I was at my funniest in like late high school, early college because I was trying to impress my brother. And I remember actually, and my brother's very funny and really smart and he's five years older than me. And I remember it so vividly because it meant everything to me when I was 15, we like kind of started hanging out again because he was 20 and like, you know, so the age difference was kept it, kept us from hanging out that often, but we would hang out and I would make him laugh. And then I remember my mom saying, your brother was like, Valerie's gotten really funny. Mm. And that was just like, yes, yeah. <laughs> it was like everything I wanted. Oh my God. If my brother <laughs> back then was like, you're really funny, dude. I'd been like, Oh, I always had to go to his friends. Yeah. His friends might concede that I was funny. No offense but, to my brother. We, we were closer in age and I think that might've been part of it. Yeah. But I, so then I remember just like, I was just always trying to be funny. Like, and we know comedians like this. In fact, a lot of comedians are this way where you're just like, you're, they're always looking for the joke in any conversation. Yeah. So I was just like in that state for years. And then I like, Twitter was new and I was all about Twitter. And, um, and your vines were funny when we first started dating. Yeah. And then I think I got to a point where I was just like, what am I working so hard for? I just want to hang out and be like real and vulnerable and not try to have to this is be my, funny all the time. This is my jogging. Like I, I will never jog. Mm. But if there's a discipline, you promise (laughs) (laughs) there's a discipline. Okay. Everything that's difficult, the brain wants some sort of equation, meaning this amount of suffering will lead to a greater amount of joy. This doesn't always work. I try to do that when I'm tempted, stressed to eat an entire pizza. Mm. And I've had some success with this, but very, very little one out of a hundred times. I'll go, Pete, the pleasure that you will get, from waking up in the morning, mm-hmm. like yesterday I had a, a good food day and I woke up today and I felt pride. Mm-hmm. So you, like when I used to drink, you'd wake up hungover and you kind of start on the wrong foot. You're already sort of like, ah, I overdid it. And mm-hmm. it's just like a bad energy to start the day on. Mm-hmm. Similarly, I would try to coax myself into not overeating or not at least eating an entire pizza, uh, which I would say is overeating because after four slices, I'm not hungry anymore. But Let's keep going. We got to get to the top of this mountain. Um, <laughs> then I would say the pride you'll feel for not doing it is better than the yeah. feeling you'll have for eating it, which of course is true. But for some reason that wasn't reinforced enough. I didn't travel that pathway on my brain enough times to really make it a true habitual belief in me, uh, yeah. an instinctive, uh, um, a reflexive belief. Like I didn't have to think about it anymore. But with comedy, over and over and over and over every single day, I see the benefit of being funny. Mm. And I also feel and participate with the drag of being like a, like the kind of person that has to be paying mm. so much attention to mm. what is funny yeah. that it can be a burden, yeah. but it always pays out. And it even pays out to you. I make myself laugh all the time. And I'm like, even this is a reinforcement that it's okay to keep that big princess bride wheel, the torture machine spinning because it it benefits every aspect of my life. I think that is true. And I see that too, the value of it, because especially since we've just been in this really heavy state, which is okay and completely natural and like 
there are seasons of life and waves of life. Um, just in those moments, first of all, anytime one of us said something funny when we were really in the shit this week, it just means so much more. And then it's also like, can we just bring some goddamn levity into this situation? Like, yeah. like I think it really is so important beyond, and, and like, you know, I'll say this so that you don't have to because it is your job to make people laugh. But it, we just, I feel like we always come back to like that. That's like God's work. <laughs> it's like laughter is the quickest way to bring you into your body, to bring you into the present moment, to make you feel connected to the people around you who are laughing. So you are held to make you like see beauty and believe in the goodness of the world. Like it is all of those things in a split second. I'll only agree because when people have ministered to me by making me laugh really hard, when I saw Brian Regan, when I saw Jake Johansson and just laughed, I was like, fuck, this is a gift. Like what a gift. And the times in my life when I've been really, really stressed, I remember fresh, This I hope this doesn't sound uncaring, but there were many times after a breakup, I would go up that night. Mm. It was sort of the only thing you had to do. You don't want to be alone. Yeah. Or, or you at least know, you, maybe you do want to be alone, but you know that it, it might be against your best interest to be alone. So you go out and you do a set and you and you watch the other comedians as well and you're laughing, mm. it can really liberate you for sure. I feel the same way about storytelling. Yeah. If you really lean into the, the, it's sometimes in Buddhism, sometimes in Hinduism, but the idea, basically Shakespeare, the whole world's a stage, mm-hmm. which um, I'm reading Ram Dass's book, his last book, it's called Being Ram Dass, and they talk about taking LSD trips, and, and actually somebody came back from an LSD trip and had a hard time readjusting, it's Tim Leary, Mm. to reality Mm -hmm. because he took a very big dose his first time Mm -hmm. and he didn't speak for several days after he came down. Mm. And after he finally did speak, um, he said that it was very hard to see the world because everybody seemed to be doing a puppet show that Mm. no one would acknowledge was a puppet show. And by the way, all the great spiritual texts I know would would, uh, confirm this, being that we're playing out roles. Mm -hmm. Eckhart Tolle was just talking about this, like when you go to a restaurant, watch yourself begin to play the role of customer. Mm. And it's really true. Mm -hmm. When I'm watching Making a Murderer, I don't even recommend it, it's fine. Uh, I mean, the second part. The first part was pretty pretty interesting. The second part is, is all right. We'll see if it pays out. But, um... When someone's on the stand, they start playing the role of someone on the stand. Yeah. It doesn't matter their education level or anything. They'll just start being like, yeah, it is my belief that that vehicle was on the Southwest court. What are you, a cop? Yeah. You're a dentist. <laughs> You're a dentist in Wisconsin. Why are you talking this way? Yeah. And then you go to that dentist in his office and he's like, and he, he'll be a dentist yeah. and you'll be a patient and you'll be meek because he's going to have a hook in your mouth. So you play like a smaller role. Yeah. And so we're all doing this puppet show. Mm-hmm. Do you remember why I, I went on that tangent? Um, um, oh, if we take, oh, storytelling. All the world's a stage. Mm-hmm. So we are all playing roles. Mm-hmm. One of the most difficult ones to get over that I'm always yearning for my parents to drop is the role of parent-child. And I'm yeah. just like, can't we just be three mysteries stuck in the same conundrum? Yeah. And can't we find joy? And sometimes they will. Yeah. And sometimes they still can't let go of the idea that they need to parent me or tell me what's best or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so liberation 
is dropping roles mm. and realizing that that is a puppet show mm-hmm. or a passing show, as Ramdas would often say. Um, but but the good side of it is, if you really lean into the idea of Leela, the dance or the play, that life is a divine play, mm-hmm. which is also like that um, Charlie Kaufman movie, Schenectady, New York, where he makes the whole world a stage mm-hmm. and he puts up walls so you can't even watch it. So he's basically building another reality mm-hmm. where everyone's pretending to be certain things, which is reality. Mm-hmm. If that's what's going on, if, and this is, I concede this is a grotesque oversimplification and uh, I'll say without a doubt, not the entire truth. It might not even be close to the truth, but if we just consider mm-hmm. that there was one awareness that we can call the mystery or God and to learn and explore and to play and to dance the one was split into many, the many forgot the one, and then the many played out all these different scenarios. Mm-hmm. It played out war, it played out loss, it played out famine, it played out COVID, it played out winning the lottery, it played mm-hmm. out love, it played mm-hmm. out having a baby, it played out swimming in the ocean for the first time. Mm-hmm. It did everything. It played out being a dolphin, a starfish, a shooting star. It wanted to do everything mm-hmm. because that is its nature and it wants to express and create then isn't it a clue that any creation, it doesn't have to be me writing a script, but that feels similar. It's the same sort of, here I am, I'm a consciousness, what happens when I close my eyes? Mm -hmm. I know I'm on a tear here, but I wanted to make this point. If you leave a human being, and this is something some trippy out, tripped out kind of, or tripped out in a good way, interesting people do, if you, there are these places you can go where you can be in an apartment that's completely dark, just perfect darkness. And the reason why people elect to go into these places is because after about a day and a half, you start hallucinating. Mm-hmm. Full-on, three-dimensional conversations with people and stuff. Like, it might be more than it might like two days or something, but after a while, mm-hmm. you start manifesting reality. Mm-hmm. And I was like, isn't that a huge clue? If I have a spark of the divine, the original Mm -hmm. source in me, Mm -hmm. how much more then would one, all of it, all of consciousness left in darkness, suspended in darkness, Mm -hmm. this is just an image, it's not literally true, but -hmm. it was suspended in a dark room Mm -hmm. for how long? Yeah. For timelessness. And then what did it do? It hallucinated. Mm -hmm. And what is that hallucination? This. Yeah. I'm the dream of Shiva. I'm the dream of God. Yeah. Isn't that fucking crazy? And that isn't it is. a clue that the same thing happens to us? And isn't it a clue that we want to tell stories, that we want to write music? Yeah. And isn't it crazy that even our weird sort of art-depraved culture at so many times values, even the biggest nincompoop, with some exceptions, loves music, values yeah. art yeah. on some level? Yeah. Well, I, just the fact that, like, you know, the the more we learn about the... The micro, the more we see it matches the macro, and we see seasons and things in the natural world, and we're like, hey, I kind of feel like I'm <laughs> going through winter right now. Yes. And like, the other, everything is a clue you to everything. A, you see a it's, desert, and you're like, oh, I know this. Yeah. Like, that's fucking this nuts. resonates with me. There's it's, a place, that's a good feeling. There's a place on this earth that looks how you feel, no matter how you feel. Yeah. That's if right. you're having euphoria on your wedding day, I've been to French Polynesia. It looks like someone's wedding. And day. think about that. Yeah. Think about that. <laughs> and like, I've been to Pennsylvania in the rainy season. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like you, if you feel sad and it's rainy outside, what is that? That's like, 
that matches me. That's insane that right. that's a concept. And it's like, well, movies and things affirm that. Well, somebody had that idea the first time. And, and if <laughs> you wiped us all out except for a bunch of toddlers, they would have that idea again. Yeah. It, over and over, they would continue to see it. But the poet is the one that brings it back to us. And it's so obvious that we don't even think it's a revelation. But then right. go try write poetry and you can't do it. Yeah, that's right. That's so true. Of course you can. I f- no, no, I mean, I, yeah. Um, that was unnecessary, but I did just want to point out that you're a wonderful poet. That's really sweet, but that is the that is the work, and you can't always do it. Um, yeah, that, I mean, and also I want to say, because I think this is interesting, like you went on that tear, and because I do still have like a little residual, I'm going to say untethered energy, so, like, anxiety is a very kind of, like, fire and, and air energy. And I'm, like, I really want to find the ground again. Like, I'm I'm um, just feeling ungrounded because I've been in such a state of, of worry and anxiety with Leela. Um, so, like, you can say all of that stuff. And, it, and I, if I'm listening with the part of me that feels not grounded... I'm like, what? Yeah, sure. <laughs> like, it's not, but I can remember times when I'm feeling perfectly grounded and, and fine where I'm like, that's beautiful. It's mystery. It's a wonder. And I just think it's important to, to note that, like, it doesn't always feel good, the groundlessness. I love that you're bringing this up. I think there's a real clue. So uh, be, reading being Ramdas, I'm, I'm reading a lot about psychedelics, and it's really interesting mm. that this these substances that would give so many people bliss and union would also freak people out mm-hmm. and give them bad trips. Mm-hmm. But even that's a clue. Meaning, in any given day, I spend some time, let's call it in the blue, mm-hmm. and it, when I'm in the blue, I go, oh, wow, I am a puppet show. Mm-hmm. I'm playing out. God, the universe wanted to see what it would be like to be a comedian in 2021 with a wife and a baby and uh, and a weird thing on his hand that's slowly <laughs> pulling his ring finger towards his palm mm-hmm. and uh, job uncertainty and a quarantine, all this stuff. And then there's other times where I'm just like, that's the worst, like, that's the scariest, worst thing I could think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be, a, I don't want to be a puppet. It's the same thing saying you're floating <laughs> in space. We did this on Crashing. Leaf was trying to tell Pete, uh, don't worry, we're floating on a space rock. Mm. And Pete was like, that makes it worse. Mm-hmm. I go like, what are you so worried about? Zoom out. And some people are worried and then they zoom out. And now they're worried that Word. they're floating in nothingness, that they're in outer space. Yeah. Um, but that's when I'm in, let's call it the red, when I'm in the red. But most of my day... Is like when I watch the Scientology docs, they have the e meters and the and the dial is going all over the place. Yeah, um, that's sort of me. Yeah, me too. But then I think what we've learned from this show is conversations, mm-hmm. music, poetry, sex, good film, mm-hmm. um, validation, mirroring. Yeah, all of these things. And for me, obviously, listening to Richard Rohr, listening to Ramdas, listening to Alan Watts. Um, these things bring you back into the blue. Yeah. And I don't think that's a mistake, but even that is life and death. Don't, don't you see, like when you see that everything has two sides, Mm -hmm. or at least sometimes I'm on the blue, sometimes in the red, then you even get a glimpse of like, 
Of course, sometimes this body's alive and sometimes it's dead. Mm. By the way, it was dead for a lot longer than it was alive. It didn't <laughs> exist for way longer than it did exist. Yeah. And I have no problem with that idea, although some people could freak out at that idea too. Yeah. But like, even the fluctuation between those two states of consciousness is a clue that everything has seasons. Yeah. And everything should be taken as a passing show. Is like, right now I'm in the red and I don't want to think that my consciousness is the same consciousness in Mussolini. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. And then other times I'm, I don't know why, but different things bring me into the blue. That's so good. And there's two things about that that come up, came up and I really want to remember both of them. But the first one is, um, boy, I'm like watching because we also are so sleep deprived. We're very Lila, sleep deprived. Leela hasn't slept. A, we haven't had a full night's sleep in at least three weeks. It's been um, insane. Two, two, three ups at night. Yeah, and like and tantrums then, at night. And then and also up in the very early in the morning, still dark morning. Yeah. So we're crazy. So I'm like I watching. I can't believe we're able to talk like <laughs> I'm this. having like a thought, and as soon as it comes up on the like chalkboards, like a big eraser is erasing uh, it. Oh yeah, you're doing so great. Well, thank you. Um, but, okay, so consciousness and it not feeling right. Yeah, okay. So the first thing is for me, and you know, this might be the like top down, bottom up thing where like you could be in the red in that case, feeling uninspired and afraid and unconnected. Uh, and then read Alan Watson, that would bring you into it. Whereas for me, I think in those moments, if I read Alan Watts, that's going to make me feel worse. I just want to concede that often I hit a limit. Yeah. And I don't. Okay. It's like I'm always trying to be on my phone less. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I always tell myself, I have books on my uh, phone. Mm-hmm. Just read the books. Yeah. The problem is I don't have, no offense to Tom Clancy, I don't have light shit on my phone. Yeah. Maybe I should. Yeah. So my choices are like Twitter, yeah. which is hypnosis, yeah, just like TV can be. Yeah. And fucking A, dude, sometimes you just want to be hypnotized. Yep. Sometimes yeah. you just, you've been watching The New Girl. Yeah. Sometimes you just want to watch. <laughs> I'm not putting down The New Girl. No, I love it. I'm, I'm just laughing because it's so true. For me, it's, it's Mad Men. For me, it's sometimes New Girl or whatever you're watching. I'll the watch office. them. Yeah. Or The Office. We watched all of The Office. And that's not saying that type of lulling is bad. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to join you in saying there are also times where I reach a limit and I it starts to kind of almost manifest as a headache. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, it's not a headache, but it's close to a headache. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't. Yeah. Every book we have by the toilet is like, <laughs> think about how everything is in a rock. Yeah. And I'm just like... I can't. I can't right now. And and yeah. the the trick is what I'm what I work with is I don't want to have extremes. I I I like being in the blue and then remembering that it's okay to be in the red and staying in the red for a while. Yeah. And then allowing the blue to come back if it does but not forcing it because like I don't want to beat myself into being in the blue, well, and I also don't want to be a a, a binge a, 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 a binge and purge kind of person. Yeah. Meaning if and I have struggled with this in the past. If I'm not being spiritual, I'm I'm going to look at pornography with both my feet on the desk, just cranking it out. <laughs> That's a joke, but I'm just saying like yeah. I have that <laughs> addict mentality where I'm like if I'm not being holy, I should eat an entire pizza and back in the day drink an entire bottle of scotch. Yeah. And, and just fucking forget. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd that, like it to be more subtle than that. 
Absolutely. And I think it can be when both are, are being like fully honored, maybe where like we are form and formlessness. We're not just formlessness. Right. Like that, I think we can get so into all of the spiritual aspect of it that we forget about the body and that we are here playing these roles and we forget to honor the roles. That's right. Like, yes, liberation is recognizing that they're roles, but it doesn't necessarily mean that liberation is dropping and like running from this and living just in a cave and not right. and not playing out the roles. Well, honoring your parents, like knowing on a spiritual level, on an intuitive level, even embodying the belief that my I my mom is also let's say we'll use Christian language, she's a soul and mm-hmm. I'm a soul. Yeah. And we're just dancing this dance. Yeah. Sure, but I call her every Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that's right. Like I, and I don't start with like this is nonsense, like you're not even real. Yeah. I was born from her hips. Like yeah. I came out of her body. It's fucking a trip and it's crazy. It's, and you're my wife. What is that? Yeah. We have a nice soul thing going on too, a yeah. nice irrational transrational sort of aspect to our love. But I also do the dishes. Like that's yeah. fucking fine. Yeah, it's like Melanie's great bit about like the it's like I can't I don't remember how it starts, but it's like the guy being like, It's all an illusion, man. He's like, Cool, but get your bike out of the lobby. <laughs> get your bike out like, of the lobby. Just don't be obnoxious. You yeah. still are living in this reality right now. Yeah. Um and it also made me think of David Nickturn, um, who really is getting name checked almost every episode lately, but he's a, a friend of ours and a spiritual mentor. He, when I was in having my PTSD Who episode, does great meditation retreats? Just Google N-I-C-H-T-E-R-N. If you're looking for online meditation, yeah. he's doing some really exciting stuff there. Sorry, just a blur. Yeah, no, yeah. When I was in um, kind of having that most recent PTSD episode where I really was feeling like I was just floating in complete darkness, absolutely alone, and like the nothingness was terrifying, he was like... Uh, he was just he I remember he said to take like a sip of scotch shamanically, mm. like just like hang out in the world of form. And it, didn't, it wouldn't have to be that I didn't end up doing that. But it was like, just like do, you, you know, like, well, Ramdas would say that he'd, go, he'd say go out and get drunk consciously. Yeah. He would, he, yeah. Or like have a really it. good meal with friends and yeah. like really fawn over the food and, you know, yeah. just like just be in this basically I think what he's saying is like activate your senses. Yeah. And so that is a really great. So for me to go back when I'm in the red, uh, I have to, the only way through that is to try and, and be and ground myself. So like that's through noticing the senses and actually had a great moment where I was waiting for the phone call from the doctor to see if her COVID test was negative and she was fussy. And so I took her outside and I just was going, I smell the grass. I hear the crunch of the rocks under my feet. Mm. I hear the bird. I see the tree. I just was like doing, like saying that to her. And both of us just calmed down significantly. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be in Sanskrit to drop your anchor into the present. That's right. And, and it, touching something. Eckhart Tolle even says, just touch the desk, but notice that you're touching the desk is a great way into your body. Yeah. It's very Buddhist to be like, 
you know, when you're sitting, know that you're sitting. That's the thing. But you can do like when you're scrolling through Instagram, know that you're scrolling through Instagram. Yeah, Eckhart uh, says something similar where he's like when you're watching TV mindlessly, and this is a practice. So we we don't let's not get Christian fundamentalist, meaning my fundamentalist experience. We don't have to beat ourselves up when we notice that we've been locked into the new girl and we just haven't been doing it. Yeah. But I do try to keep a little bit of my attention in the in the world. Yeah. Not totally getting sucked in. Although yeah. there are times when you just want to get sucked in. I mean, I I really submitted to that. You, you saw it Well, we've happen. been watching WandaVision <laughs> and I'll make a joke to you and you just either don't respond, which is eerie. <laughs> <laughs> That's how much you love WandaVision. I'll go, I love oh, that, blah, 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 and you just don't say anything. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Or you'll say something. This is very unlike you. I'll say like more like Wonder Vision. I don't know what I say. And then you just go, yeah, WandaVision. <laughs> like you just say something like you were in a coma. But that's that's, it's because that's I've the been, week we've had. Yeah, it's because I've been so stressed out. And by the end of the night, I am so tired that I like I have to go into a TV coma. Yeah. So, you know, obviously like there are more ideal ways of coping, but I think that's it. It's like just really having compassion for yourself and and like and not we, forgetting that you're a body. Honor your body, honor your role. Yeah. Rhonda, sorry. I I was actually even thinking about like today when we were on the we do a specific drive for Leela to get her to fall asleep for nap time. And at first I was just kind of like feeling like spacey and weird, which by the way, I think almost all of this could be explained by being sleep deprived. <laughs> like yeah. I get so existential when I haven't slept. When you have all of these tools in your tool belt, meaning ancient and Eastern ways of breaking down certain experiences, certain human phenomena. Yeah. Sometimes you do overlook like, oh, I haven't eaten yeah. and I haven't slept. <laughs> and every night my baby wakes up screaming, watch TV, watch TV <laughs> at yeah. like four in the morning. She does uh, so TV. TV. Uh, so sometimes uh, you just need to go back to basics. Yeah. Just like, just take care of your body. But that's, that yeah. goes back to that. Um, but I was feeling kind of like, whoa, like, again, I'm like a balloon that's like floating in space. Uh, and I just was like, think about how familiar this drive is because we do it every day. And it's like, you could hear the, like, I could hear the Byron Katie Eckhart Tolle argument of like, try to see everything as brand new. But in that moment, that was scary to me because it was unfamiliar and unsafe. And my animal body needed to see familiar and recognize familiar, uh, like my familiar environment to be like, this is safe. We see this every day. I think it's really interesting how comforting, and I don't just mean uh, sedating or fluffing up your body to the extreme, but taking care of your needs. We've talked about this before on the show. If I finish a, a project, like a script, and I finish it, it'll take me to a state where it's easier for me to go into the blue. Yeah. That doesn't really make any sense, right? It's supposed to be, it's all Maya. It's all illusion. It's all stupid. It's all on fire. It's all going away. Sure. But while I'm part of the whole thing that's going away, 
it can feel really good to honor in that case i'm honoring my inspiration mm. i'm honoring my creativity i'm honoring my uh the bonds that i've made with other people mm. all, and all that stuff can feel really good the same way that calling my mother who is really just another piece of eternity on sunday feels really good yeah and it's okay and in the same way we can extend that compassion to ourselves and that's really what we've been learning yeah is i got God, it was glorious. When we were in the middle of all of that, uh, the, the tests were coming in and we, we had to wait until Monday. So there we were on, I think it was Sunday. Mm. And I just did a sneaky post, like Postmates. I got some vegan donuts. Yeah. And we just ate, I don't want to call it garbage. That's truly judgmental. But we ate stuff that's not really good for you. Yeah. Or is it? I know. Because as soon as we ate it, what were we listening to? Jack Johnson. Jack Johnson. <laughs> Just like musical sunshine. Musical sunshine. And a great episode if you're looking to dive back. He was great. Oh, yeah. But um, we were dancing, all three of us, eating these donuts. Yeah. And just for a moment. So, like, I used to say this when I, when I was in the church, when I was young. I, I would wonder why God didn't just start reality in heaven. I was mm. like, if the game is to be good boys and girls so that you can get access into heaven so you can praise God all day, we'll break that down. Pray, God wants to be praised. So why have the test? Why yeah. not just incarnate all of the souls as angels in the cloud city and they can praise him? Yeah. Obviously, that's a very interesting question and I, there's lots of interesting answers to that. One of them would be that God would risk losing you mm. for genuine, authentic love. That, mm. That's sort of like a, a very kind of Christian-y answer, but I, I think there's something to that. Yeah. That's, that's how much they want the real stuff, not just the robot stuff. Mm. But uh, that, to take it to what we're talking about, let's, let's take all of the traditions out of it. You're here you're here. Yeah. <laughs> Just that. Yeah. When we talk about anything else, we sort of, it slips away the, the phenomena, mm. the, the unbelievable dream yeah. of the reality that everyone listening and me and you are here. Let's start with that. Yeah. And that is an unbelievable, ineffable mystery. Yeah. And my, my hat goes off to science for doing a unbelievable job <laughs> explaining way past what I can even understand. So they're killing it in their own way. Yeah. And still at the end of the day, I think the finest scientist has a good amount of humility where like, hey, the more we know, the more mystery we uncover, yeah. at least in my experience, uh, cursory reading and whatnot. Um, so you're here Let's let's make a choice. Is that a mistake or is it all in the game? Yeah. Because it's happening, I would I just lean, this is my stoicism towards life. Yeah. I lean towards it's not a mistake. Yeah. It's happening. Or you could call it God's will. Yeah. It's happening. I my mantra this morning was um thy will be done. Um which can be a scary one. Yeah. Because you don't really want God's will to be done. Right. Another way to say that is let reality unfold as it will. Yeah. That's a scary thing to say. Yeah. And there can be a lot of resistance to that. Um, but really, when you realize that reality will unfold as reality is going to unfold. No matter what. All you're changing is you. Yeah. All you're changing, you're tuning your instrument 
to surrender and flow with what is happening because what's happening is going to happen anyway. Yeah. So the only thing you can change is how you perceive what's happening. Yeah. You can be like COVID and death and loss is all bullshit. Or you can be like, there's something going on that I don't understand, but thy will be done. Meaning you could put it in Christian language and say, God's will is going to happen anyway. Uh-huh. So I might as well practice what Jesus said and I'll pray that way. Uh, yeah. During this, I was praying... I really wanted to pray. And actually, I think I maybe did a couple times. I was like, how will it feel to just pray like a really old school, dear Jesus, please heal my baby? Like, yeah. And then I did. And I was like, that kind of feels nice. But then what I was really praying was like, God, help help me accept what is happening. Like, just help me surrender. I It used to be on a post-it. I don't think it is over there. But I said, we all have to trust God when we die. We can all agree that we don't know what happens when we die. Mm -hmm. So it is a huge jumping off. Oh, Oh, there she is. Mama, go get her and I'll wrap up. Um, Sorry, guys. It's going to be a short one because Leela took a short nap. Okay, you can read it with Lee. My point is, it's not as fun when when Val's not here. I feel like Bill Burr Monday morning podcast. I don't. I, I admire the people that can do it alone. I always feel weird talking to myself, even though I know you're listening. And you've heard me say this before, probably. We have to trust. We have to do this great act of trust when we die. So we might as well practice now. I'm going to hang up this. We have the baby on FaceTime audio as a baby monitor. And now I'm just sitting here. Try not to chew my gum. If that bothers a lot of people, and I completely understand that. And by a lot of people, I mean one person who messaged me on Instagram. And I don't think I have any Instagram questions. We could edit this out, but this is pretty fun. Um, here, I'll open a random Instagram message. One thought, my favorite comedian of all time is Tommy Jonigan, and he kind of disappeared. Wouldn't he be a great guest? Uh, hey, Jack Werner. Tommy Jonigan did it. He did it. Thank you for the recommendation, but he did it. Search for that great Tommy Jonigan episode. I do remember it being quite, quite nice. Uh, quite nice. <laughs> I'm looking for other things. <laughs> somebody did message. <coughs> Excuse me. I can't find it. But some. First of all, somebody corrected me very gently and beautifully to not say Aspergers anymore. So forgive me for that. You're supposed to say autism spectrum, I believe. Um, and in our conversation about whether I identify with some parts of the autism spectrum or not, somebody offered, forgive me, I can't find the message, it got flooded out. Um, somebody offered that I might instead be, hi, Bubba. Hi, my love, come here. You want to watch Baby on the computer? Yeah. Oh, okay, you're so watch sleepy. It in just a minute. Mama's going to read a poem. Do you want to yeah. hear a poem from Mama? Hi, baby. Um, highly sensitive person. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Thank you to baby. that person. It turns out we both are. <laughs> yeah, we took the test, and I think it was like 12 trues is a highly sensitive person, and mine was like 22 or something. <laughs> yeah, I'll see. I'll put on baby um, with the sound off. Well, okay, but this is short. Okay, read the poem. <laughs> I'm going to get it for you. No, I want it. Are you great? Hi, Bubba. Are Did you, you have happy? a good night? Be like, can yeah. you can you take your bubby out and say hi, everybody? Can you take your bubby out? Oh no. no. Okay, I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, I just thought of this poem that 
I wrote a while ago, and maybe I've read it on the podcast before, and that would be embarrassing. But just talking about like sometimes you're in the red and sometimes you're in the. Oh, I won't touch you, Bubba. I just have to turn the volume off. There's the baby. Yeah, there's the baby. Make sure it's still recording. Okay. Um. And and also just knowing that this is like a this is an episode where. I mean, the, the benefit of doing this every week is, like, you guys are going to get us however we are. That's what I said. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, because I can really shine myself up for the special guest Wednesday episodes. But you if have- we just have to, not have to, we've chosen to do one every week. And as we said last time, this is really our satsang. This is our spiritual community. Yeah. And it feels so special and we love it. But, like, there's no prep for this. I can't, as I sometimes do, cancel it because I'm feeling blue or feeling yeah. dried up or whatever it might be. And it would be so inauthentic for us to like put on a show for the people. Well, that's why I wanted <laughs> to say to that story when you were like, I'm still worried and I was like frustrated. Yeah. Of course, the way that comes out, it's because I'm so, re- maybe it's I'm repressed and I don't know, but I don't, I don't let it out, but mm. I, I share with you that I'm feeling that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like our version of a conflict. Yeah. I'm like, um, I just thought we were enjoying that we're out of the woods. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, so, yeah, because we're just kind of, you know, maybe this is one of the ones where we're less playful and funny and where you can probably hear in our voice that we're tired and we just went through something. Um this is just, I don't know, this is something that I, a poem that I go back to all the time. It's like permission to not be dipped in all the time. And and arguably, maybe that's not even the nature of this reality is to be dipped in all the time. Well, Richie said, sorry, one Richie quote. Please. He said that even our inability to do, I'm going to blend and put in our words, to stay in the blue all the time, our inability to do that perfectly is in itself a lesson. It's a clue as to how it is. That it's mm. not to be done perfectly. Wow, yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's great. So it's not something you're doing wrong. That kind of kept coming up as uh, we were in it with Leela, where I'm like, this is what my training is for. This is what I'm. why I'm always practicing. And I think that's true, but I also did, had to keep myself from being like, there is a wrong and a right way to be with this yeah. <laughs> it's like no this, there's just what's happening and you have these tools to help you but it's not like a performance or it's not a test yeah it's um, not graded later there's always a fresh opportunity to do it again yeah um what's that bubba is that muddy puddles oh, can you wow. say muddy puddles you don't want to be on the podcast i understand <laughs> um okay there you, i don't even know what this is titled Well, you wrote it. I know. I'll title it something later. There you are in the chatty, crowded room of your mind. When somebody... Okay, I gotta start over again. There you are in the chatty, crowded room of your mind. When someone opens a window and a breeze interrupts you. Or you hear two friends belly laughing. Or see the way the light through a warped window reflects like water on the ceiling. And you think, ah, oh, yes, I forgot. And you return home. Then a fly lands on your face and you think, what purpose do flies serve again? And suddenly you're thinking about the fly swatters your grandma used to have and what her house smelled like. 
and just like that, you're back in the crowded room. But the crowded room isn't bad, and you are not bad for being there. This is the dance, forgetting, remembering, forgetting again, in and out, in and out, like breath, like life, like God herself. Well, that's just it, isn't it? <laughs> well, that's just it, isn't it? That's what you should call it. That's what's it, isn't it? <laughs> isn't that it? was beautiful, Mama. That's the perfect poem. Oh, thank you. I like to say poem. Poem. That was beautiful, Mama. Thank you. Hey, Lee, can you say keep it crispy? Oh, Leela, can you say keep it crispy, please? Keep it crispy. You don't want to? Can you say... This is feeling a little... Uh, child actor yeah you don't have to do anything you don't want to <laughs> fuck that shit all right um, um well thank you so much for uh listening as always it's a little weird that i swore with the baby but here we are uh, we swear with the baby it doesn't matter who gives a shit <laughs> uh thank you guys and Keep it crispy. Good job, Leela. Oh, wow. Get you an agent. (laughs) Oh, that really was her.